Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. My name is Ken Edwards with the MCL. Sitting to my left is Ed Maher with the International Union of Operating Engineers. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, how's it going, Ed? It's going great. How, how are you? I'm, I'm excellent. How, how was your fourth? Fourth was great. The weather wasn't awesome, but uh, you got a nice sunburn. My Irish skin doesn't take the sun very well, so I'm kind of still purple from a few days ago. You still have all your fingers? Uh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah I got into a little light fireworks play, Did which you? I, I, I sort of the last few years, it's been like, ah, eh, fireworks, no big deal. Yeah. I'll tell you what, my neighbor brought out some fireworks, and I was like a kid in a candy store. I was yeah. just like, it, it never gets old. It was so much fun. Good for you. Yeah. Sparklers. Oh, I, I don't play with the hard stuff. I was doing the snakes and those little snap things. Those All are, the snap things. Oh yeah. man, that's Woo-hoo. pretty pretty tough stuff. So, so we we number one we have a uh, um, we have a guest on later, yep. uh, a, a doctor from uh, Premise Health, and and we're going to talk about an interesting story that's very personal to me. So stay tuned for that. Um, but you know, we have been talking about you know, it's kind of really drill down you know health issues and really mm-hmm. specific. Uh, things and and you had mentioned I thought it was a good idea that maybe we we take a quick step back, especially for our new listeners, yeah, um, and and talk about like why we started this show, right? Yeah, I mean I think it's important because we do hear from folks every week uh, who say that they're just they just found the show, so I think it is important to talk a little bit about what unions are and why they're important um you know why america needs them why workers well, should I thought, I, I thought that we don't need unions anymore because you know all laws have been passed to protect workers well i mean if uh, we talk a lot about uh, the various federal laws and state laws on the show that um you know laws are are temporary they can be well it certainly seems just, <laughs> uh, be, just ask iowa that law be, just went into effect for uh child labor, child labor. Yeah. so congratulations well, laws, iowa. Can, laws can be struck down by courts they can be you know new laws can be passed that negate them by legislatures but um the basic the basic deal with unions is that for workers who join unions a union will raise your wages. Yes. It will uh, dictate um, rules and terms of employment that yep. basically just set a limit for what can take place, what employers can do, what employers can't do, protect safety, um, give you benefits, you know, ranging from health care to pension benefits to things like that. And for, you know, over a century in the United States, certainly, unions have proven to be uh a vehicle into a better life for you know for workers of for all workers, skill yeah. levels and, and so of course then you would think that you know given what you just said that unions would be very popular and oh by the way they today are. they are right very very popular because people are starting to realize that the employer surprise surprise doesn't have the best interest of the worker in mind for sure and, and the employers want to squeeze money people have seen that over you know, over over long periods of time, but recently, and especially during the pandemic, when it was, you can't take a day off. Right. I don't care if you're sick. I don't care if you're worried about getting sick. You know, you've you've got to come to work, and you know your health. Uh, just roll the dice with it. People finally stood up during the pandemic. A lot of workers did, and just said, "I'm not doing this for nothing anymore." Right. Uh, you, it, there are a lot of folks who are staying home and they're not coming back to the workforce. 
especially in industries like retail and hospitality. So we all went to restaurants or Starbucks or wherever where the drive through was closed because they couldn't get anybody to work or they had signs out in front that said, um, you know, a server would be making $18 an hour to start and there was, you know, tuition reimbursement and all right. these things that we hadn't seen um, because it was just so hard to find people uh, to come to work. And so, you know, I think a lot of folks started to realize they had more of a voice, um, but data is showing that that trend is starting to slow down. Um, you know, people are no longer playing musical chairs with jobs during the pandemic. A lot of folks were, you know, leaving their job, yeah, finding a the new great job. resignation, right? Yeah. The, and I think the great net resignation is, uh, is coming to an end because, um, the amount of people quitting their jobs is back to pre pandemic levels. Is that right? Um, and I think it's because, you know, unemployment has come up a little bit and, the pendulum is starting to swing back in the way of the employer because we're not seeing these. There are people who are eager to work again, yeah. um, and they're not having such a hard time finding skilled people. And so some of those incentives have gone away. Some of the we're going to let our workers get away with this because they uh, are going right. to give them what they want because we need them. It's starting to go away. And that is why unions are important. Because, well, now, look, 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 now more than ever, right? right? If if there was ever a time to do it, the time is now. And you're seeing this all over the country, right? Mm-hmm. You're seeing a lot of strikes. You're seeing a lot of collective action. You're seeing a lot of union organizing. But, you know, let's let's just talk about I, I just want to go back for a second, and, and I don't mean to uh, to Bob Ryder this, but Ouch. in the <laughs> the 1930s, uh, they passed the National Labor Relations Act, and the reason they passed it was not 100 percent altruistic. It was because there were a ton of strikes and work stoppages mm-hmm. and problems, and you know they said in the in the actual language of of the act, and I'm paraphrasing this, but employers um, have the upper hand. And we need to get employees on an even playing field. Therefore, we're going to pass this act that promotes collective bargaining, et cetera, et cetera. But they did this in the name of commerce, right? right. Of capitalism, yeah. so making sure that commerce and you know capitalism, you know, continued on its merry way. It happened like you know industrial revolution times. So, you know, the the policy of the United States supposedly is to encourage collective bargaining, mm-hmm. and you saw a giant upswing, you know, from the 30s to the 70s of you know tons of unions and you know that it wasn't like uh a bad thing to join a union right i mean as as friend of the show and uh brilliant labor attorney dale pearson always said it was uh it created labor peace it was predictability within you know industries like shipping and that was seen to be a good thing so the policy of the nation is not just to allow unionism but to encourage it promote it Right, exactly. Uh, absolutely. So that's as, what the federal as, laws... As, and as well they should. So yes. they created the National Labor Relations Board. But of course, in, like anything else, like you said, things get chipped away. Right. And court cases, you know, take away rights. And look what's happening today. I mean, we're screaming backwards with, you know, child care and just lost abortion and, you know, affirmative action in schools. And, you know, I mean, we're literally just screaming backwards. And of course, you know, corporations and capital figured out that, wait a second, if I can uneven the playing field again yeah i can make more money for sure and it be, it, it's literally boiled down to of course greed and, and you know you we talk or we talk about inflation you know it's, it's called greedflation now there's no inflation it's actually just corporations trying to squeeze out as much money as humanly possible everything is more expensive all of a sudden yeah. why that's it not because there's less lettuce 
is because they're going to just charge you more for it. Right. I mean, think about like gas prices. Something will happen. Gas prices go up. Right. Whatever that inciting thing was goes yeah. away. Gas prices don't go right back down because somebody's like, well, we can hang on to this for a couple of days, make a few extra bucks. And, and then all of a sudden it becomes the norm where right. gas used to be two bucks. Now it's four or five bucks and that's the norm. And that's what you pay. Yeah. So anyway, so moving back to the topic of unions, you know, if there was a time to do it, now is the time to do it. And for all the reasons that Ed just said, but, you know, you want to even up the playing field because your employer, I think, as people have now seen, really, honestly, you know, for the most part, and there are good employers out there. There's no question about it. But, you know, these big megacorps, you know, they, they... they see you as a means to an end and mm-hmm. that end is corporate profit right and you are a number and you are replaceable and now all of a sudden you're not only replaceable you're replaceable by a robot ai absolutely so it's not like or you know oh, the immigrants are coming for your jobs you know well, well don't worry about that we have robots coming for your well, jobs now for for amazon specifically they're using more robots they're using robots outside the factories to do you know near area deliveries and with the money that's being saved on workers, uh, Bezos has a $500 million yacht, and he's building a rocket to go to outer space. I mean, between him, Richard Branson, and Elon Musk, I mean, the three of them are they're in a space race among themselves, and uh, people are just like, wow, look at these guys. It's like, yeah, does anyone think maybe they have a little too much money to play with right now? <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, I want to I want to tell you a statistic. I don't want to tell everybody a statistic, and that is income inequality, right? So, as uh, as union density has declined, the disparity between the top getters and everybody else has mm-hmm. grown, and it's grown exponentially. Yeah, and you know, people talk about, oh, you know, so and so is a millionaire. Um, but let's talk about the real 1% for a second. The people that are actually running this country, you know, I hate to say it, but it, it's almost a plutocracy, if you will, and you can look look up that word. But um, I, I read this, what I thought was a really cool thing, and it says the difference between a million dollars and a billion dollars is uh, 1 million seconds is 11 and a half days. Um, 1 billion seconds is 31 Point seven years. Yeah, so, there's a big difference. Does somebody really need a billion seconds? You know what I mean. In other words, you know, when when the very few are consolidating all this power and this wealth, and everybody else is struggling, there needs to be a, a sea change. Right. And, and look, unions are. are there's got to be somebody fighting in the other corner. There has to be because otherwise we're we're going to spiral to the bottom, and six people are going to own. The world, and I forget what the the, the statistics are, but it, it's like you know, one percent owns ninety percent of the wealth mm-hmm. in in the country, and so it you have to we have to fight back. And one of the w- ways of fighting back, obviously, is joining together, collective, right? right? It's look, they call they call the United States a union yeah. for a reason, right? It's the United States of America, right? It, it's all our states got together and we formed a basically a union, and we said, okay, we'll take on the world, right? We mm-hmm. do it together. There's no difference in, you know, uh, a job site or, uh, you know, a factory or something yeah. where workers get together and even up that playing field. And, you know, kudos to everybody that's trying this right now. And shame on the companies that are fighting, 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 spending more money fighting right. than it would be just to, to give people a living wage. Mm. Right? I mean, yeah. I think I read that the median income... In the United States, somewhere in the thirty thousand dollar range. Uh, not surprising. Uh, it's. I mean, 
folks don't have any money saved for retirement it's you know things are things are backsliding yeah you know? work work till you die so i've uh, i'll tell a brief story a good friend of mine who works in the the financial sector um his and he's a good friend of mine but never been really a huge fan of unions yeah his wife was pregnant and off on maternity leave and mm-hmm. while she was off she worked in a medical clinic while she was off she got transferred to a clinic that was closing in three months huh. so that when she got back she yeah. would work for about a week and then she'd be out of a job right so he calls me and he's like it's this this isn't fair and i was like well no it's a it's it's definitely a violation um, of federal law and, and uh so he went back and forth with his employer and they were not or her employer they were not willing to do anything i hooked him up with a a labor lawyer who helped write a letter got it squared away and he said to me you know we we got a help from a lawyer so that's the only reason that we were taken care of here but what about people who get hassled at work and they don't have the ability to do this like they just they have to take it or leave right you know? and, and I, that's not right there should be something to protect them and i was like yeah buddy uh how about a union contract <laughs> and since that day since he went through something where he saw how employers will just say take it or take it or leave it right you know he's been a, he's understood the importance of a union and i think sometimes you have to go through it yourself but you shouldn't you know you shouldn't have to it should be simple to understand so let's take a quick break yeah we'll be back and uh in a couple of segments we'll have uh dr bathala from yep. premise health with us so mm-hmm. stick around for that More Workers Mike right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers Mike, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers Mike right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ken. Sitting next to me is Ed. And we want to talk, I want to pivot a little bit. Um, You know, we talked about just briefly just now. You know the, the sort of the the thirty thousand foot view of of why unions are important and and why working class should stand up. Um, you know, since the since this show started last year, I guess yeah, last uh, September, and since obviously we're the the number one show in America, in America, we've gotten comments. Uh, and they're starting to to become more regular. Yeah, we get and, a lot and, of feedback. We get a, and we you know, appreciate it yeah, all. Yeah, we, we literally appreciate people calling and, and saying thank you and, and you know, talking about, you know, whatever. We've gotten a ton of really positive feedback and people literally, like, using our services to, like, get their kids into the trades. And right. Some, some really, really nice kind of heartwarming stuff. But, of course, we also have the, ultra, you know, the, the opposite. <laughs> people that hate, hate, hate what we're doing. And, I think I sometimes enjoy those comments I, more. Listen, listen, I res- <laughs> I'm that person that responds to every single yes, you do. comment yes you every do. single one so we got one the other day i think we were talking last was it last week or yeah we were talking about uh people dying from from heat heat in texas after the governor and overruled. by the way like just uh, i think just the other day was the hottest day on record in florida and by the way every single year has broken heat records well, I think Wednesday was the hottest day in the history of the Earth, and the second hottest day was Tuesday, and the the third hottest was Monday. You know it's what? A rough week. I, I mean, I, like I, I was saying about my sunburn and all. I make fun of complain. people from Minnesota. But I've changed my mind. Yeah. No, I don't make fun. No. Of no. So, so anyway, we, we were talking about it, and, and we there was a TikTok put up by our great guys from Da Vinci uh, Street Productions, and it was talking about you know. Governor Abbott banning water breaks, and you know, sure, right. the guy died immediately. Um, immediately, 
And we, I rattled off a statistic, and it was like you know X number of people per year. And then somebody literally got on the thing and said, "So you're really going to complain about twenty people a year dying?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Dying from ne- from not being able to drink water? Yeah, yeah dying, dying yeah. of thirst yeah. at work? Yeah, I'm going to complain about that. twenty people. I mean, so I think his point is, you hear about all these people who die in car accidents or heart disease or whatever. Yeah. So those are big numbers. Twenty is a small number. So but, that but means what if it's you, okay. What if you knew all twenty of those people? Like, Pick hey, twenty of your family members to hey, die pal, every year. Every year, yeah. yeah. And and uh, by the way, how many families? Those twenty people that literally died of heat, you know, related, which is avoidable. Yeah, right. A car accident may not be avoidable sometimes, right? A train, if you're on a train and it derails, and you, well, then it's your time to go. Yeah. But uh, you know, you shouldn't die at work from not being able to drink water. Thirst and heat exhaustion seems like a really, really bad way to go. <laughs> and it's not just obviously the person that died. You left behind a family. Well, that's a kids. worker. That's somebody who's bringing home a paycheck. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. And then but, the other one we got, Ed, was when we had a few weeks ago uh, talking about, you know, children working at McDonald's. That really, really <laughs> irks people. People got on our social media like, well, what's the matter with that? You know, uh, it was just a, it was just a mom and bringing her kids to work. And, you know, she needed, you know, blah, 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 blah. The kids blah. are Def- washing I mean, dishes, yeah. But, I mean, viciously defending McDonald's, yeah, and this worker lady that brought her kids to work, and you know, you know why why people shouldn't turn in you know child workers. I think what we're getting at here is that uh, a single mom shouldn't have to be left to bring her children with her to uh, her job at McDonald's That's at correct. late at night. Yeah, you know they're. There, there used to be a time where there was a single, you know, one worker household, things like that. Those times were pretty good. A lot, in many ways, those times are gone. Um, and aside from folks uh, hiring companies, hiring children to wash dishes, like legitimate children to work after school or yeah. instead of going to school, you also have workers that are, are stretched way too thin and have to make tough decisions about pulling their kids out of school or keeping their kids up late because they've got to come with them to work. And, 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 and I mean, this, this goes back to if what you're we're for just, that, uh, that, don't that, listen. Yeah. <laughs> just don't listen. This show yeah. is not for you. Yeah, correct. It, but you know, it goes back to what we were just talking about, and that is literally just corporate greed where the, the, the average income has gone down and the wage disparity. If, if people had a living wage, they could afford you know maybe a babysitter right. or you know some child care, or they wouldn't have to work two or three jobs. But when, you know, a billion, trillion, gazillion dollar corporation is paying people and complain about it, by the way, 15 bucks an hour, it's not a livable wage. Yeah. So this, you know, remember the fight for 15? Yeah. Uh, just the most short-sighted thing I've ever heard of. It should be a fight for 50, mm-hmm. period, 50, 50 bucks an hour. That's what we should be getting. Fight for 50. Fight I'm going to start, I'm gonna start that. That sounds good. Is that all right? Sure. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Yep. Yeah. In about 50 years, when we get to 50 bucks an hour... <laughs> <laughs> You'll remember that show back then. Yeah, when 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 people are making fifty bucks an hour, gas is going to cost uh, you know fifty bucks a gallon. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Listen, we're going to take a, a quick break. We're going to be back with Doctor Kavitha Bathala. Yeah, talking about uh, you know continuing to to drill down and talk about um, the way we're delivering healthcare and trying to change the system, which I think is also important. So we will be right back. Uh, on the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ken. Sitting next to me is Ed, and we are pleased, as we talked about earlier, to have with us today Dr. Kavitha Bathala, and she is the doctor. What, what are you, the medical director? That's correct. I'm the medical director um, presently at the Carpenters um, uh, Health Center, and uh, prior to that, I was the medical director at MOE in Maryville. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's just talk briefly uh, about who you are and uh, some of your background. So we're, let's start sure. with this. How, how long have you been a doctor? Uh, I've been a uh, family physician for 24 years now. Okay. And is that like a general practice? Um, yes. So that's general practice, primary care. Um, so I'm board, board certified in family practice. It's interesting though. You don't see family practitioners that much anymore, right? It used to be that you go to your family doctor and they, right. they took care of it. They, they've known you since you were little and they take care of everything. Yeah. And right. Now, and now everything is yeah, so specialized, right? For sure. So, correct. Yes. so you, you've been practicing for, for that 24 years, 24 years. And, um, and how long have you been with premise? Premise is coming on three years. Okay, and you started mm-hmm. at our, our facility. I say our, the operator's health center, right? right? The, the, the one in uh, Indiana. In the Maryville location, correct? Okay. Mm-hmm. And how long were you there? So about two and a half years. And then you just moved over to the Carpenters. Yes. So as a medical director now. You're, you're not only the doctor, um, but you're overseeing an entire staff of nurse practitioners, uh, you know, various uh, different levels of clinicians and administrators. Is that right? Correct. So we have um, our nurse practitioners. We have behavioral health. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have condition management, um, you know, and then we have our nursing staff and um, our health center manager. So, um, and the health center manager takes the role of, uh, primarily um, handling the office of administrative right, side right. of it, and then um, yes, and we take care of the medical side of it. So you've got a whole medical staff that's available to carpenters at this location or operating engineers at your previous location um, for anything that they might need. They come in; the services are, are free of charge to the members, and they have doctors, nurse practitioners, people to you know draw blood, do tests, um, you know behavioral health. They have all this stuff just at their fingertips. That's correct, and in also physical therapy and chiropractic care in addition. That's, I mean, it, it really that's a lot kind of for, like, for free. Yeah, <laughs> it's one-stop shopping. And and so, you yeah. know, I know we, we've touched on this, but I really do want to pound this home because I think what Premise is doing and some of the other companies that are in the space, and then, of course, you know, the unions uh, that are taking advantage of, of this is is really changing the way healthcare is delivered, right, to our members, to our members' family. You know, you were in you know, for lack of a better word, you know, the, the private sector, if you will, uh, you were in a different space before you came over to premise because you've only been there for, for three years. So you worked at uh, previous to the to the operators health center, you worked at the uh, University of Chicago and Tinley Park, the ambulatory center, right? That's correct. Um, so that is a um, community based um, center. So the way patients were seen, um, it is fee based. Um, we saw we saw members from two years old to adults. Um, I was involved in inpatient, outpatient, um, and primarily we we were in an office setting. Um, 
and everything else was referred out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, our, uh, so in terms of you know service to to the patients, you know fee based, and we've talked about this with, with some of your counterparts at Premise, different than the model that 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 we use and that Premise uses and that the unions are starting to use, is there's no more hand on the doorknob knowing that you have to see a certain amount of patients in order to generate a certain amount of fees. Try to get, get people healthy. Yeah, would that be an accurate statement? Exactly. So this is more value based. Um, so we have ample time to work with our pa- patients and members. Uh, we're given 30-minute slots. So they, we're given time to actually talk to the patient, get to know the patient. There's a lot of different factors, family um, dynamics. Um, so we can kind of dwell into kind of what uh, what the health aspects are, what barriers to health maybe. Yeah, um, I, advocate. I, I didn't know. I didn't know, but I don't mean to talk over you. But I didn't know there were thirty minute slots. Like that's that's actually a thing. So yeah. you get to spend thirty minutes with each patient. It's a lot longer than my doctor spends with yes. me. <laughs> I don't think I've seen a doctor yeah, in total in- for, <laughs> for thirty minutes, other than the surgery I had right. in, in total over like the last ten years. Well, I mean, speaking of that surgery, Ken, yeah. premise has a lot to do with the reason that you're sitting here today. Yeah. So, 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 doctor, we're going to pivot here for a second, right? Um, and, sure. And, and I, I want to talk about you know my story, which I've never told on the air before, but I'm I'm going to now. Um, and I'll tell you at the same time, I, you know, you and I spoke about it earlier. But Premise, you know, we, I, I come from the Operating Engineers Local 150, and we've had Premise for a number of years in Countryside, Illinois, which is where one of our main halls is. And I had um, a pinched nerve in my neck. This was several years back. And it wasn't resolving. It hurt like nobody's business. I've never experienced pain that bad. And I went to, you know, chiropractor and physical therapy and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It just wasn't resolving. My fingers were numb. And I went across the parking lot to get cleared for surgery. I was going to have surgery on my neck, right? I've never had surgery in my life. Right. You know, and, and I've always been pretty healthy, or at least I thought I did. Yeah, you just didn't go to the doctor. I, I knew I was healthy because I didn't go to the doctor. Yeah, nobody could there to tell you that you weren't. Right. So, so I went to the health center, doctor, and the nurse practitioner um, who's, uh, I think she's no longer with us anymore, but she, um, she listened to my heart and said that you have a heart murmur. And I, of course, you know, was, I think my surgery was scheduled for like the, the, the next, next day. day right? Yeah. Sign so the I, paper. Said, Please sign this paper. I need to get surgery. <laughs> and she said, you know, uh, your heart murmur sounds kind of funky. And, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if you can tell, but I can I can be pushy, aggressive, and you know annoying, mouthy. Yeah, and I said I'm not asking you. I'm telling you to sign this, and she, and she wouldn't. And she said, "It sounds serious. You need to go see a cardiologist." I'm like a cardiologist? Like, yeah. I didn't know what that was. I need neck surgery. Yeah, I need neck surgery, not heart. You know, and so I was like, "I'll be right back." And I went down the street to a cardiologist. I forced my way into an appointment. You know, I was like, "Just clear me." And they came back and said, "You have six months to live." Right. And I had doctor had aortic stenosis, and you could tell people what that is. Yeah, so aortic stenosis is kind of a narrowing of that aortic valve. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's kind of your, your heart is working a little bit harder, um, to pump blood through Yeah, mine so was, getting they, they, a general anesthetic. Yeah. It would yeah. have been hard. Yeah. <laughs> right. So they said so, mine was like 90 plus percent blocked and I did not have long to live and I was asymptomatic and I had no symptoms, you know, I, I worked out and blah, blah, blah. And, um, this woman saved my life. 
and literally saved my life. How's your neck today? My neck still hurts. (laughs) (laughs) My fingers are still numb, but that seems to be the least of my problems. Yeah, now you know. But she literally saved my life, doctor. And it was because I think that as opposed to, you know, she made you know, time. So, yeah, she made the time and and sat with me and, and basically said, I'm not clearing you for the surgery. She could have easily just signed the paper and let me go on my way. But that's not the way that you guys practice medicine, at least in our world. Would that be an accurate statement? Yeah, and I, yeah, and I think that's that's a very difficult part of our the aspect of family medicine, too. So, you know, getting that trust and... Um, you know, sometimes we can work with our patients if it's something small like cholesterol. We'll try out the, um, you know, medication lifestyle management. Um, but sometimes we got to hold our ground. And I think this provider did an excellent job in identifying, you know, a problem and holding her guard and executing that step. <laughs> Not so getting and, pushed around. You know, by it's, uh, you know sometimes you know, it could be catastrophic. And, you know, we, she, uh, she did a great job in holding her ground. And, yeah, she did. Yeah. She, she, she saved my life. And I think, yeah. and I hate to say it, but I also think that it's because of the model that we use, which is she was able to spend the time with me. She wasn't rushed around. There wasn't somebody coming in to draw blood and somebody going, how are you feeling today? And then walking back out. I mean, it was, she was there to make sure that, Right. That that my care was taken care of, and so you know, I, I, I sit here today. Literally, you know, I send her a card every year. Like she literally saved my life, and I think that this model, you know, but for this model, mm-hmm. to be blunt with you, I wouldn't have gone to the doctor. I would have right. gone to a doc in the box or some you know urgent care or whatever just to get signed off on. And I, you know, and we're we're lucky to have that. So, you know, and I think she was able to advocate for those next. Steps, you know, getting you to the cardiologist, and um, yeah, she did. You know, so that and we had time for that, and that that's important too. Is that you know, we're given time, we're given time for follow up, um, and uh, and I think that's what's so um, great about the model here at the, at Promise with the value based. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I think you're right, and they still follow up with me, you know, to this day, right? And they they manage my medicine and make sure that I'm okay, and you know, right. I can go see the cardiologist once a year. But you know, but 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 for this system, I, I literally would not be sitting here now. There are a decent amount of people that I used to work with that just told me to take my chances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's some employer side attorneys who are probably not too happy with this uh, this practitioner. Yeah, don't worry about it, Ken. You should ignore it. You're fine. Yeah, don't. What does she know? But uh, you know, so. So it, it is a different model, and you know I am a living testament to the fact that this model works. Right. Um, you know, so so doctor, yeah. you um, you think now you'll stay at the Carpenters for a while, or, or what? I will. Um, actually, I I love the premise model. I think that's what gravitated me. Like us as physicians and providers um, enjoy it too, because we have time to like think about next steps and spend time with that patient and. Um, the only reason I'm here at Carpenter's, um, you know, MOE um, in Maryville is that the distance became an issue. I was actually yeah, planning to yeah, move out to yeah. to the area, and then um, there was an opening here, and they had asked if I would be, um, you know, would want to transfer over. Well, so. Still, still part of the same um, umbrella, and just right. you know, serendipitously. Um, the operators and the carpenters have joined together under the uh, auspices of the MCL, and I know other unions are going to join, and we're going to start opening doctor's offices around the area uh, as well now, kind of pooling our resources. So um, we we appreciate you taking the time to come on today with us and, and quite frankly, giving me a platform to tell my story. I I appreciate it, and we appreciate everything that you do for the members uh, and their families. I, I know that 
you know, we've heard nothing but positive feedback about the way Premise does things. And, and like you said, having the time to spend with uh, our members and their families is just, it, it means the world to us. One, one last thing that I would throw in is, Ken, if your neck had never started to hurt and you weren't having surgery and you weren't going to see the doctor regularly, yeah. you would never have known that this had happened. So, folks, there's a lot of people out there. Medical anxiety is like a real thing. Oh, people don't God, go to the yeah. doctor. Yeah, so, especially our the members. Annual right? visits are very important. If you haven't been, go <clears throat> yeah. get get yourself to the doctor for your family. For you know, just PSA for Matt. <laughs> <laughs> go to the doctor. <laughs> At least go once a year. Yeah. Construction guys, you know, building trades, you know, cops, everybody that we represent, they're like, ah, I'm fine. tough, I, tough guys, yeah, but tough guys who you know? use their bodies as their tool. So yeah. you got to keep that thing tuned. Yeah, so what do you think, Doctor? Once a year is good enough? Twice a year? When, when should, how many? I think, those, uh, I think those annual visits are very yeah. important. And we'll of start course, there. if there is some chronic condition, then it could be like every three to six months, depending on you know the severity. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll see you next year, maybe a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. But hey, listen, thank you so much. We, we really appreciate your, you. your spending the time with us today. Thank you for having um, me. Yeah, so we've been talking to Dr. Kavitha Batala. Um, Premise Health, and uh, we'll be right back, uh, right here on the Workers' Mic, 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody, to the Workers' Mic, right here on 720 WGN. Uh, if you have been with us, you just heard an interview with Dr. Kavitha Bathala from Premise. She's a medical director out in Lyle. And uh, you know, I thought that was a great interview, and we thank her for coming on the show. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, it's. It's. I, I just think that you know what these health centers are doing is is a wonderful thing, and and certainly we're seeing it uh, as a giant value add for the unions, right? And, and Premise Health, I think, is is you know leading leading the charge in, in that direction. Um, you know that they're owned by a giant teachers' pension. I didn't know that. Yeah, union teachers' pension. Well, she she's they're 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 adding value for our members. They're actually adding value for uh, folks in the studio here today because if anybody can hear a weird little hiccuping sounding noise every four seconds. <laughs> Um, uh, one of our camera guys, Max Sellis from Da Vinci Street, has had the hiccups for over 24 hours. And I know Max, your mom, Sylvia, is an avid listener. So, Sylvia, we tried to get him to go to the doctor. This medical director told him to go see a doctor. If you talk to your son today, tell him to go to the doctor because this kid is just walking around hiccuping. And, it's, never, an, and it's annoying. Never seen anything like it. Yeah, and it's annoying. It, off, Max. it makes me want to punch him. Go, to, go see a doctor. Yeah. But we digress. So we do digress. So I, let's, <laughs> let's let's finish up the show. We don't have a lot of time, but I want to finish up with this. We talked about you know labor at the top, and and it, we talked about it again in the second segment. You know why Ed, why is there no labor party in the United States? There's a labor party in England. I don't know what they actually do. I know they spell it wrong. I think maybe people, uh, maybe the political parties in the United States think that if workers were powerful enough, they wouldn't need politicians anymore. You think that's why? I, I mean, but why don't the workers themselves rise up and form their own party? Like, how could there's a Green Party and there's a Communist Party and, you know, there's a blah, blah, blah party. There's there's tons of different, you know, political parties. I think Green, Libertarians, you know, whatever. I think Green is like the third most popular one. But why isn't there a workers party? Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just uh, folks are too easily divided. You know, there's that old uh, that old joke about the billionaire who sits down at a table with uh, two workers and yeah. there's 10 cookies and the billionaire picks up nine cookies and then says to one of the workers, hey, that other worker stole your cookie. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I, so 
so it, this is my you know this is my thought and tell me what you think about this if either party republicans or dems doesn't matter who just pivot it a little bit and recognize that instead of beating up on workers and trying to just literally give all the money to the rich uh you know the robber barons of the yeah. world and said you know we're going to pass laws and we're going to start to make things more equitable in the united states mm-hmm. i'd vote for that party yeah, I think I really would. I think, and the data is there. Um, as we go back to all the time, the Workers' Rights Amendment in Illinois yeah. passed. Uh, people of all political stripes voted for it because if you tell people, "I'm going to do things that are going to make you more money," right, they're going to like that. Pretty much, people will vote for that. It's it's universally popular, and it's. I, I don't understand how it hasn't really happened, or how the parties are so focused on other things well look you, you can tell you know over the past x number of years you know that the republicans have basically moved to the right and are relatively anti-worker right they're, they're pro-business yeah, at the national and, level certainly yeah, yeah for sure not not every single one there's, there's no question right. about it um and, and you're right at at the national level it seems to be the the thought here you know we you know our members are, are both you yeah know, republican and Democrat. we're not picking a side but and there are a lot of democrats that are not doing a thing to help workers as well Joe Biden, you know, passed the uh, infrastructure bill. It was bipartisan, by the way. It took both parties to do it. It's a giant amount of jobs. But, you know, he also stopped the railroad strike. And that was kind of anathema to, you know, being supportive of unions. So if either party would say, hey, you know what? This is what we're about. Yeah, this is, we're about actually making your life better yeah. and set a minimum wage, for example. Let's say there was a federal minimum wage of 30 bucks an hour. Well, okay, great. Then then don't start a business that's going to cut to the bone so quick that, you know, you can only afford to pay $12 an hour. Then don't have that business. Yeah. You, you know, or universal basic income or, you know, uh Health insurance for all. I mean, things things that, that can literally would change people's lives yeah. for the best. It, I think politicians, if they spoke more about uh, what I would like to call kitchen table economics, That's right. the types of things where it's going to make it easier to pay your bills, yeah. um, it's going to put more money in your checking account. That's that's the basic need of workers across the country. And you can stop distracting them with all sorts of um, you know, you conspiracy say, theories. Uh, yeah, or, when you say workers, right, you really just mean Americans. Right. Because you know, ninety-eight percent of Americans are workers. Right, right. No one's sitting at home. Right. You know, you know. Well, some some kids are sitting at home in the basement smoking pot and playing video games. Yeah, a lot of video games. <laughs> but we're not talking to them. No. Go, we'll get you know. Go get a well, job. Just so you just so you know, kids. Those uh, video game companies like Sega is union busting. Right. right. Imagine that video. Activision, I think. Oh, but uh, just unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, we uh, we have run out of time unfortunately um so if uh the politicians are listening figure it out and and you know let's let's get this right for americans in the working class um we will be back next week uh right here on 720 wgen the workers mic the preceding episode of the workers mic was powered by the midwest coalition of labor and sponsored by megan financial premise health and voya financial for additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mic, visit WGNRadio.com.